can say, it is well, it is well with my soul. I trust this evening, all is well with your soul, that you're saved, that you're blood washed, that you're trusting in Christ alone, and that he is your God, your Lord, your Redeemer, your Master, and your Saviour. That Christ would be your life, that Christ would be your all and all and your everything. The Alpha and the Omega of all you are and all you have. That everything is from him and for him, through him and to him. And this evening you can say it as well with my soul. Turn with me please to John's Gospel chapter 19. We just want to look for a few moments this evening. Three simple words, but three very profound words. The depth of the meaning of them we think we understand, but we could never plumb the depths of them. We could never fully grasp exactly what Christ has done in his fullness. But thankfully with the regeneration of the Spirit, he enables us to understand, enables us to believe that he has paid it all. John 19, please, and verse 28. After this, Jesus knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, saith, I thirst. Now there was set a vessel full of vinegar. And they filled a sponge with vinegar and put it upon hyssop and put it to his mouth. When Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up the ghost. Let us pray. Father, would you take your word, your own divine and inspired, infallible word. Father, would you take it and wing it home by thy spirit to hearts and minds this evening. Whether, Father, it be the people now here in their car or whether it be people watching later Lord, your word is eternal. It is forever settled in heaven. And your spirit, he takes his own word like a chariot and rides most furiously into the lives of troubled souls and damned hearts in order that they might be saved. Pray, O God, that you would take your word and let it have free course tonight. Open our eyes, our hearts, our understanding, our abilities to receive the engrafted word of God, which is able to save the soul. Help us to see Calvary. Help us to see the Christ of God. And help us to see the Lamb that taketh away the sin of the world. And help us to see the blood afresh again this evening. We thank you for him, your only begotten Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, 
and in his name we ask it, and for his glory alone. Amen. Verse 30, the three words are, it is finished. Three simple words, but yet profound. To think that Christ is on the cross in agony. To think that there he is, bleeding and dying. To think that there's a crowd around him, jibes and jeers, insults that are cast to him, the lovely and beautiful Son of God. He who did no sin was yet without sin. He who is the spotless Lamb, the innocent Lamb of God, the Holy Lamb of God, the impeccable Son of God. There he is, hanging between heaven and earth upon a cross. And there we see him. We see him in agony, bleeding, that we might be saved. What a picture. What a glorious picture for the Spirit of God to show us this evening. What a privilege for you and I to be brought afresh and anew to Calvary. Some believers think we never need here off the cross again. As Paul would say, moving on from those things. But rather Paul meant not to move from the blood nor the sacrifice, but to go on in grace, always remembering the cross of Christ. After all, our Lord Jesus Christ said when he broke bread, And he drank from the cup, this do in remembrance of me. Christ asks us to remember the cross work. And without us, a fresh Christian, reminding ourselves of what the Lord Jesus Christ has done at Calvary's tree. Without reminding ourselves and reading the scriptures and the, the passages throughout the Gospels. Without reading Paul's letters and telling us about Christ died for our sins. Without it, we would soon forget it. Without gathering even on a Sunday morning to break bread, we would soon forget him. We'd soon forget him and all things would come to the fore. And take the preeminence where Christ and Christ alone should be. And where Christ and Christ alone should have in all of our hearts. And in all of our lives. Now hanging between heaven and earth. In our reading in verse 28. John's gospel 19 verse 28. It says after this Jesus knowing. That all things were now accomplished. The word here accomplished is teleos. And it's the exact same word that is used for him. Saying and crying from the cross. It is finished. Accomplished and finished. The thing about this is, is that when he knew that all things were accomplished, he knew that our debt was paid. He knew that the way would be made into God's heaven. He knew that you and I would be forgiven. He knew that he had pleased the Father in all his ways and works. He had upheld 
the Father's will. And he had walked according to the Father's law. And he kept it in its perfection. And now, with our sin, him burying it in his own body on the tree, the Lord Jesus, realizing that all things were now accomplished. Notice, even in Hebrews 10, the Lord Jesus says, Lo, I come in the volume of the book it is written of me. I come to do thy will, O God. And he realizes and he knows at this point it's been completed. All things were accomplished. And everything that it would take to bring a man like me and someone like you into heaven, into God's kingdom, he knew he had done it all. Notice, now take note, he had done it all. That Christ had come and died alone. That Christ alone could keep the law we couldn't keep. And that Christ alone could live a life that you and I could never live, pleasing to God 24-7 in our waking hours and in our sleeping moments. There, he knew that he had done it all, accomplished all that the prophets had spoken of concerning himself coming and walking this life and dying this death. There he's hanging in bleeding agony, crucified hand and foot. There he's there with the Roman soldiers and the Jewish Pharisees and the mobs and the crowds who turned against him and on him. There he is, the lowly figure between two thieves, the impeccable son, the beautiful one, the darling of heaven. And there he is, now knowing all things were now accomplished. Notice what it says, that the scripture might be fulfilled. Saith I thirst. Saith I thirst. Here we find the, the wonderful Lord Jesus Christ. He's now thirsty. Thirsty from a lack of fluid in his body. Thirsty from not having something to drink to refresh him. And here he is now. He is thirsty. Take note. Take note the one who said that he is the fountain of living waters. The one who said in John 7, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. As the scripture has said, Out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. He's the one who said in John 4 to the woman at the well, That if he ask of me to drink, I will give you living waters to drink. He is the rivers of living water to every thirsty soul, to every thirsty heart. And Christ, nigh on the cross, in the fullness of his humanity, he says, I thirst. I thirst. We don't know what it will be like for 
You and I, if we were crucified in the manner he was and whipped with the Roman flagellum, his back was lashed, his face was marred more than any man. And here he is now, the blood streaming from him, from his head and his hands and his feet, from the wounds in his body and the lashing on his back. The blood had flowed down upon the cross from Emmanuel's veins. And now he cries out, I thirst. Notice what it says in verse 29. Now there was a vessel full of vinegar. They filled a sponge with vinegar and put it upon hyssop and put it to his mouth. This vinegar was a, a vinegar wine drink. It was a, 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 a drink that they took and it was a general drink between uh, in society. Believed to be a, a red colored. And there they take hyssop. And there they go to the vinegar to dip it into the, the hyssop into the vinegar. They take it up and they give it to Christ that he might take a drink because he's thirsty. I thought about this. And it says in verse 29, they put it to his mouth. They put it to his mouth. Red vinegar wine on hyssop reminds me of the book of Exodus. And we mention it quite a bit because it's so poignant to realize the power of the blood. The book of Exodus, if you would like to turn with me, please, to chapter 12. Chapter 12, and Moses is told by the Lord to tell Israel to kill a lamb, a spotless lamb, a spotless lamb, and take his blood and put it in a basin. And take the hyssop and dip the hyssop in the basin of blood and come to the doorposts and the door lintels and put the blood upon the doorposts and door lintels. Exodus 12 and verse 7. And they shall take of the blood and strike it on the two side posts. Now take note of this. And on the upper door posts of the houses wherein they shall eat it. Notice the two side posts and the upper door posts. On the door and up above it. Put the blood all over it. Cover it in blood. Verse 8. And they shall roast the flesh that night. Roast it with fire. And unleavened bread. With bitter herbs. They shall eat it. The lamb here is giving the typification of Christ. The roasting of it. The roasting of the pain. And the agonies of the cross. This lamb, Christ, is the lamb of God. 
And here they typify the bitter herbs. Typifies uh, the dying of Christ. Verse 9. Eat not of it raw, nor sodden at all with water, but roast with fire. His head with his legs, with the pertinence thereof. And you let nothing of it remain until the morning. And that which remaineth of it until the morning he shall burn with fire. Here when Christ dies, they could not leave him for it was a high Sabbath day. And so they take him from the cross to get rid of him for the morning. Verse 11. And thus shall ye eat it with your loins girded and shoes on your feet and staff in your hand. And ye shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. In other words, the Lord was coming through Egypt. Through Egypt and Judgment with punishment. He says, be ready. Your shoes on your feet. Your staff in your hand. The blood on the door. Be ready. Be prepared. When I say go, you go. When I call, come, you come. And friend, tonight, if you're not saved, you can procrastinate and you can hesitate and you can try to wait. But if God is calling you, and today if you hear his voice, harden not your heart. Get under the blood, for we know not what a day might bring forth in our lives. Verse 12. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night. And will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt. Both man and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt. I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Notice this. And the blood. Notice. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. A father is looking for the blood. He's not interested in who you are, or what you can do, or what you can give, how rich or poor or talented or talentless you are. He's not looking for any of it. When you stand before God on that day, the only thing that God is looking for, the Father is looking for the blood of the Lamb, for the blood of His dear Son, for the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Are you under the blood? Are you washed in the blood? Are you trusting In the blood, the blood of the Lamb. Are you saved by the blood? That's what God is looking for. The blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanseth us from all sin. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. Here Christ in John 19. The Lord Jesus is hanging between heaven and earth. 
And there is his blood. The lamb is being roasted in bitterness of herbs. And we are, as it were, to eat it all. In other words, take the lamb in, in his fullness. There's no messing about with the things of God. There's no let's try this for a way while or for a moment. There's no well I'll give Jesus a go. Forget about it. It's Christ and Christ alone and nothing else. Verse 7 is very important this evening. And they shall take of the blood and strike it upon the two side posts. And on the upper door posts of the houses wherein you shall eat. Notice the blood was to be on the upper door posts of the house. Turn with me to Psalm 141 please. Psalm 141. And let's read from verse 1. Lord, I cry unto thee. Make haste unto me. Give ear unto my voice when I cry unto thee. Let my prayer be set forth before thee as incense and the lifting up of mine hands as the evening sacrifice. Let's pause a moment. The lifting up of my hands as the evening sacrifice. There was the morning sacrifice and there was the evening sacrifice in the temple in Jerusalem. And the evening sacrifice spoken of in Psalm 141 and in verse 2. Notice, let me lift up my hands. Speak of the Lamb. Slain for the atonement for sin. Psalm 141 verse 2. Speaks of the Lord Jesus Christ. Speaks of his hands. On Calvary's tree. Lifts up his hands. That he may die in our room instead. The evening sacrifice. Was the finished sacrifice. For the day. It was finished for the day. And Christ in John 19 cries, it is finished. But the difference is, not for the day, but forever. Not for the day, but forever. And the lifting up of mine hands is the evening sacrifice. Notice what he says in verse 3. Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth. Notice, keep the door of my lips. Keep the door of my lips. The lips are likened to the door. The blood was to be applied to the upper door. In other words, on the top of the door and the lintels and the posts. Notice here, now the lips are like the door. Friends, when we go to our reading again, 
In John chapter 19. And this is what we find. Verse 29. Now there was set a vessel full of vinegar. And they filled a sponge with vinegar. And put it upon hyssop. Notice. And put it to his mouth. There's the vinegar representing the old covenant blood. The blood of the animal. They take it and they put it on hyssop. Just like they were told in Exodus chapter 12. And now they take it and bring it to Christ the Lamb of God. And they put it to his mouth. The blood to the doorpost. The door of the mouth of Christ. The old covenant was dying. And the new covenant. Of the everlasting covenant. And the blood of Christ. Was being ratified. On Calvary's tree. The last lamb. The final lamb. The last sacrifice for sins. Forever. Not a bloody mass. Jesus himself said, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Hear the door to the way of God. Hear the door to heaven, the door to forgiveness. Here is the hyssop and the blood being applied. And so henceforth, the new covenant of blood, the old and the new together, now the blood of Christ will be shed. And the temple, the veil will be rent from the top to the bottom. Notice from the top to the bottom. Not rent from the bottom to the top, No man can say there were men who grabbed it and cut it up and ripped it up. All this veil could have went up as far as 60 feet or more. But there from the top to the bottom, there was the Holy of Holies. And henceforth the new covenant we can enter in to the holy place with God. It is finished. The the word is tetelestai. You know, they tried to work out exactly what this means, what the word meant. I'm told that in one time in ancient Greece, they found a little piece of paper from a little shop, a shop owner. And someone had a bill. And in this ancient little piece of paper they found, or papyrus, they found that It was a list of items that were taken to be paid for and were being paid for. And at the bottom it said, Tetelestai, paid in full. Paid in full. And like you would get something that has no more debt, there from the top to the bottom you might rip that 
sheet of paper up, that debt up. So the father takes, as it were, his hands and rips the curtain in twain in the temple in Jerusalem from the top to the bottom. Tatalesti. Pen and full. Head is finished. What else would you offer? What else do you feel you could offer? What else is there to give? Friend, what do you think you would give to God in that day when you're trusting in the works of your own hands or your own merit? When I think of the feeble, the frail, the false and the fickleness of humanity, when man tries to please God his way and not God's way. Oh, how could we ever plumb the depths of this it is finished? How could we ever fully grasp or understand what the Lord Jesus has done? And just as we close, I want to let you see that it is finished means exactly that. The word accomplished in our reading and it is finished are the same word, teleos. It's the same coming from the same root for tattle last day, pet and full. I want you to see something here in Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, please. Verse 8. Above when he said, Sacrifice and offering and burnt offerings, and offerings for sin thou wouldest not, neither hadst pleasure therein which are offered by the law. God takes no pleasure in sacrificed animals anymore. And he never will. That's your Bible. Then said he, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. Notice he taketh away the first that he may establish the second. That is the first covenant, now the second covenant in his own blood. By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. It means once and for all. For all time. When Christ cried, it is finished. It gives the idea, the word teleos, accomplished and finished means to bring to a terminus point. To bring to a terminal, if you get on a bus... And you stay on that bus route until it reaches its very end destination of the journey. And there is the terminus for it to turn again. It can't go any further. It won't go any farther. It comes to a halt. It's finished. The journey's come to a dead end. This is the idea of this word. When Jesus knew that all things were now accomplished, when he also cried, it is finished, everything 
for the debt of our sin that we owed, the law breaking that we had, breaking the holy law of God, the royal law, Jesus cried, it is finished. Ken Davidson, you can go free. You're a sinner. You're ungodly. But now if you trust in the blood, you can go free. Notice here, verse 11, And every priest standeth daily ministering the offerings oft times the same sacrifices which can never take away sin. Notice the priests in the temple were still offering sacrifices after the death of Christ. And now in distinction they're saying these sacrifices and offerings, they do not work and they are not accepted. I think of many people still sitting under the sacrifice of the Mass week after week. When Christ cried, it is finished. He meant what he said. For he has accomplished it all. Verse 11. Every priest standeth daily ministering and offering oft times the same sacrifices, notice, which can never take away sins. But this man, the Lord Jesus Christ, but this man after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever. Notice, one sacrifice for sins forever. There's no other way. There never will be another way but by the blood of Christ. One sacrifice for sins forever. Notice, sat down in the right hand of God. Now, if you sit down, you only sit down when your work is accomplished. And you only sit down when your work is finished. Christ said, I'm finished with this work. Notice, it is finished. He's not finished. It wasn't the end of him. He went to the grave. Went into the tomb. They laid him in the sepulchre. And on the third day he rose again. Alive after the power of an endless life. Now friend. If you're not saved. You must ask yourself this. Since I can do nothing to save myself. Since church religion cannot save me, and denomination and institution cannot save me, you must ask yourself, tell yourself this, then where am I with God? You must come to the conclusion outside of Christ you're lost. You're lost, unsaved, 
without God, without Christ, without hope in the world, you're lost. And if you die in that condition, if you die without Christ, you will spend eternity without Christ. But now ask yourself, speak to yourself. What will I offer God when I do stand before him? God's Bible, God's word, God's manual tells us this. That God is looking for the blood. God will only accept the blood of his son. God will only recognize the blood of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. So now ask yourself, will I drive out of here this evening without being under the blood? Will I drive out of here this evening without getting right with God? For I am lost and I will spend an eternity in a lake of fire without him. If you could get to glory and if you could be saved without the blood then the Lord Jesus Christ need not have died, nor he need not have cried. It is finished. If you could get there by your works, you just need to work a bit harder. By your riches, then you need to pay a bit more. By your poverty, you just need to be a bit humbler. Father's looking for the blood. He's watching for you. That you come under the blood. Trust tonight you will. I sense he's here. I believe it with all my heart he's speaking. You know why? Because the spirit answers to the blood. It tells me I am born of God. May God bless you tonight. God keep you tonight. And may he make his face to shine upon you tonight. If you're not saved, I'll stand at the corner. Come and speak to me. If you're concerned about your eternal welfare of your soul.